This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Spout Podcast, where famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for. Here's Eric Zachary. Both insanely talented singer-songwriters in their own right, they've worked together behind the scenes for years, they've been friends for even longer, but it wasn't until recently that they jumped on a duet together for the very first time. My name is Eric Zachary, this is the Spot Podcast, where famous people spot off about more than they're famous for, and today I am joined by Ash and Phineas. What's up, guys? Hi. Hey, how are you doing? I am so good, because I've been following you guys for so long. Phineas, since before you and Billy put out Ocean Eyes, and Ash, I'm a Chicago kid, so I remember when you jumped on the track with Lewis the Child and going, who is this girl? These vocals are insane. So it's just like a very cool moment for me to have both of you here at the same time. And also a very cool moment to obviously have you guys on a track together, Till Forever Falls Apart, which came out a couple months ago. I want to take you back to the release day. There was a billboard in Times Square that featured the song title the only problem was they didn't have the song title right who who know who noticed that it was wrong first because i um clearly am not much of a reader because i got sent it and was like great looks awesome and then ash was like it says the wrong thing which okay so for like anyone that doesn't know on the release day there was a digital billboard in times square that for like a very short uh period of time before they fixed it it said till the world falls apart instead of till forever falls apart which like considering the last year and a half we've had isn't <laughs> completely inaccurate but i you know it's funny because a lot of people started to sort of panic on on my team and i was like guys like this is like not a big deal and i think they were like oh this is your first you know i think you know phineas has been up there plenty of times but it was my first New York Times, you know, square billboard. And so I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I think they were stressing out more than me. And then it got fixed in like an hour and it was fine. But it was hilarious. And and uh, that would, of course, happen to me. And listen, it's just a fun, lighthearted way to kick off the success of what that song became and a fun story to tell, too. It's the benefit of a of a digital billboard, too. Imagine if it were like an actual, you know, paper billboard that's that would like have a been, guy has to get up on the ladder and fix it real quick yeah that would have been it and it's digital and they can just update the graphic and and we're golden you know it's a, the benefit of the new age now i'm wondering if there's like a billboard go team like someone that has to like jump up on the ladder frankie get up there now probably <laughs> probably yeah it's so good so incredible well hey ash first and foremost congratulations they debut studio album that just came out ashlyn just a few weeks ago if you haven't listened yet Listen through. It is phenomenal as expected. But Till Forever Falls Apart, helping kick off that album release uh, a couple months ago. So I want to speak on that because I have you both here. And not only is it an amazing song, but I love this music video. And I got to know, like when you're coming up with visuals, when you're thinking through the treatment of what you wanted it to be, who decided and who called who up of going, well, maybe we should uh, lean into outdoor choreographed ballroom dancing. The thought process was me texting Finn like, hey, do you think it would be cute if we danced in a music video? And he was like, I think it would be so cute. And I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, I dance in all my videos. Here's the choreographer we should use. It's going to be great. 
and she killed it. Monica's such a good choreographer. She just, she, she sees the best in people though. Like she thought Ash and I were better dancers than we were. And she was like, all you have to do is this. And she's doing like, you know, full on, like a root, like a real routine. And then, you know, we were trying our best. You're like, I was just, I was hoping for a spin that didn't end atrociously. We didn't need all of this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, my favorite part is just how apparent it is that you guys are having fun. Right. And that translates so clearly through the video, which makes it that much more impressive because it is difficult choreography that you're doing. And it's a one take, which from what I could gather from the behind the scenes video you put out, that that wasn't the intention, at least at least at first. It was a one take out of sheer luck and Phineas will. I was like, there's no way it's not it's not going to be one take because it what you know, it was the day we dance together was the first time we had ever danced together and, and I, you know i love finn we have great chemistry and so i sort of thought it would be fine but you don't you don't know until you're actually doing it i was like oh i really hope we don't suck you know and so uh there was no way i thought we were gonna get it in a one take and then we did it a million times we were like we got the music video and then finn was like all right time to do the one take <laughs> you know what's funny ash that's funny like if we had set out to do a one take video, we never would have gotten to rehearse it on the day as many times as we did because we were trying to shoot, uh, uh, you know, a comped video. Do you know what I mean? Like if we were like, let's do a one take we, cause we'd already done it like 13 times and then we did our one take. And otherwise it would have been like, we'd run it three times and we'd be like, we still suck. And then we would have like shot it. <laughs> it would have been terrible. <laughs> and then we went, well, that's the video. Yeah, exactly. And due to COVID restrictions, you guys didn't even get to rehearse it together. Right. Not not once. Wow. Okay, so when you're putting out both a song and music video like this, right, they can stand on their own independently, but they also work cohesively very well together. Which one gives you more pressure to release? Or if that's even the right term, which which one are you anticipating the audience reaction on more? Mm, pressure. I don't know. I didn't really feel any pressure at all. I didn't Did either. No, I thought... And, Maybe from me. Yeah, and we also like... <laughs> they they all came out concurrently the video dropped the same day as the song so to me it was just about the cohesion and the kind of the package of it all um that's always to me the most satisfying thing i have this weird i'm a little obsessed with like hearing a song for the first time watching the video i think it's because i heard less i know the better when i watched the video for the first time and i never have forgotten like that video with the gorilla and all the psychedelic everything and so to me it's like the idea that kids um, heard this song for the first time watching us do that dance is like very thrilling to me. Yeah, and it adds such another dimension to the song because the song is yes. already sort of like extra large and then you have, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a loud song and then you have yeah. this incredible visual of us like, you know, I, I think it it shows that, you know, we really are good friends. Like, and you see that immediately just watching us dance together and we don't have to be like, we don't have to prove it to you that we're friends or like, yo, this is my buddy. It's like, you just can tell. Yeah, you don't have to fake it. Yeah, you can tell yeah. in the video that like, oh, they've known each other for a long time and, and have a good yeah. relationship, you know? Yeah. Now, Phineas, you've obviously worked with so many talented musicians over the last few years, namely your sister, Billie Eilish. We don't have to go through the whole discography here. And you've produced for Ash in the past, but with someone that knows and has worked with so many different musicians, when it came time to decide to do a duet, what made Ash the perfect choice? Why her? Uh, good question. I think the primary thing I look for is a sort of a like 
So when I think of my own music and the, and the stuff that I'm putting out, recording, writing, singing myself, like I try to think of it in the capacity of like an A&R. And to me, on an aesthetic plane, there, like there are a lot of similarities between like what I strive for. Mm-hmm. And I think what Ash strives for, like to yeah. me, when I watch that video, it's like, oh, this is like a completely um, logical place to take both of these artists and have them standing here, just like literally down, down to the wardrobe. Like both of us are in the same realm. And I think Ash and I both um, sort of go for this kind of organic old school esque um, musical vibe. Um, you know, like there's not like um, crazy, like trap drums in either of our uh, production styles. And um yeah. And, and so to me, I think that's what just made it make the most sense. I feel very fortunate to work in a lot of different sort of realms with, with different artists. But to me with Ash, I was like, well, this just feels like the thing I'm trying to put across as an artist is very similar to what you're trying to put across. And so it made the, the sort of the idea of collaborating like a no brainer to me. Yeah. Very natural for sure. Yeah. And, and you guys have known each other for so long since way before your namesakes are what they are now. So I want right. to know what it's been like to see that progression uh, for the other, right? Ash, you've seen Phineas go from being a producer to producing for Billy to releasing Ocean Eyes to having his own project and vice versa. Finn, you've been there with Ash since she was collabing with Louis the Child and Louis right. Fulton and playing small shows to inviting Niall Horan onto her track, Moral of the Story, and yeah. now her very first studio album. So what's that experience been like? Ooh. Well, I mean, I feel really lucky that we got to know each other before everything got really crazy because this is i say four years ago so i think you know billy had ocean eyes out and that was that was like climbing and she was already crushing it but she hadn't gone on a tour yet like you guys hadn't toured once nope when we met and and i and i really didn't have much going on (laughs) like a couple records and um yeah i just feel like it was cool that we got to meet on such a like even playing field, you know, um, it just felt really like I, I wasn't trying to impress you, and I don't think you were trying to impress me. We were just like hanging out. I don't know. And out the gate, I was like, he's really special, and I, I've like had a connection to you out the gate. You know? I, I remember hearing. Um the a and r that billy has worked with for years sam reback at interscope had had just signed lewis the child and i'd met ash like one time and he was like check out this new song and it was right to it and that to me was like the first it's the first thing i sat down and listened to of ash and i just was like this is the craziest like melody lyric combo to write to this and it reminded me of like walk like an egyptian which is like a song i've loved my whole life and I just was like, wow, this is so cool and weird. And to me, I always look for like people that are like, like interested in doing sort of slightly avant-garde things and still like, it was still super catchy, but it was very quirky and cool. And so I just was like immediately like, oh, this is, I'm a fan. So that was the, my first It was like exposure. a modern, it's like a modern Macarena. It's so Macarena, Walk Like an Egyptian-esque, which I love. Like, to me, yeah. those two things were, like, weirdly large parts of my childhood. And so, like, they have, like, a really special <laughs> place in my heart. And also, nobody's doing the modern version of those, except you did it on this this song. So I was, like, really impressed 
Let's talk visuals because this is such a heavy part of releasing music nowadays, right? Gone are the times of going to the record store, buying a record, sitting with the music and not having any visual component other than the album art, you know? At least it's evolved to music videos, to live performances, to streamed concerts, to how TikTok takes your music and translates it and, and repackages it. So when you're writing music as songwriters and as people that work behind the scenes as well, do you find it challenging to not get ahead of yourself, to not think about what the visual is going to be or how it's going to be perceived? Do you have to block that out or are you thinking about it the entire time? I mean, I just I just don't create. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline from a place of like, how am I going to market this once it's out? I think that as soon as the song's written, my head goes there pretty quickly and we'll start thinking of like, oh, this would be a cool moment. Um, or, uh, you know, with the, with the video, I was like, there's got, there's got to be this Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers thing that Finn and I do in the video. And, um, but typically like, you know, I sit down at the piano and it's just me and, the song um, and any sort of creative and, and marketing or how to make that song special comes so far after the fact or, or else to me, I end up writing a really bad, a bad song. You know, <laughs> um, I don't know how you feel Finn about that, but I, I feel that like when I am working on a song, I usually have sort of flashes of like inspiration of what a video could be for that song and sometimes it's just down to like cool lighting cues but sometimes it's like a whole scenario and um i know you know billy does that to the nth degree which has always sort of been her superpower which i don't do really and then i the last several videos i've done have been with sam bennett who directed this video for ash and what usually happens is i send him the song and i'm like i have this crazy idea for video and i tell him and he's like nice nice and then he sends me an idea and i'm like well that's way better and then we just do what we just do whatever he says we're we're just going to follow your lead yeah and also mine mine my cost projection for my concept would be like 6 million dollars and his his is like oh. not 6 million dollars same i just i just finished working on i like made the treatment and concept for my next music video and it was well after the song's written so it's like song is done um but i dug in and i spent hours and hours putting this treatment together sent it to the director that i knew i wanted to do it he loved the idea sent me a treatment back that was just light years just more organized and beautiful and we should sell that document itself. And it's just, I was like, I really, I can come up with the creative, but like someone else can probably do the job better. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk music production real quick. Now, obviously this leans a little more to your wheelhouse, Phineas, but Ash, jump in here too. Uh, Finn, I saw you did an interview with Guitar Center where you talked about the track Can't Wait to Be Dead and how you appreciate the minimalism of that song because it only had 75 layers only <laughs> so i, yeah. I want to know as someone that's so good at, at taking eclectic sounds and manipulating them and twisting them to being something musical and, and presented sonically 
what's a track that comes to mind that you look back at and you go, well, that had too many layers. That 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 crashed logic for me a few too many times for my patients. Yeah, what was I, there was something I was working on that kept crashing my computer. Um, what was it? Sometimes Doesn't American cliche have a ton of layers. It's got a lot there. There. Yeah, I mean, it's just like some uh, plugins like synthesizers just take up a lot of like CPU and they just slow your computer way down. Um, there was some track on Billy's first record that just was like a, a bear. I think it was, um, I think it's like maybe like good girls or like crown was really heavy. Crown's crown's got a lot going on, but yeah, I mean, usually the goal is like to make it sound sparse and spare, but, but tracks stack and I do a million vocal layers and stuff. So, you know, it's all like that. I mean, that's one of the things that drew me to the, to where Ash and Leroy had taken the production on Till Forever Falls Apart was it was like piano and guitar and some vocal and then like some harmonies came in and some, you know, electric guitar came in. And I was just like, great, if you can if you can have a song be wonderful at, at this simple a level, then it's gonna translate forever. And Ash and I've done like acoustic versions of, of it and stuff. And it's like if you can sit at a piano and just play a song and have it really work, like that's the that's the mark. Yeah, I think that's why I enjoy like starting there. I feel like I always am like, yep. if I start at the piano and the song rocks, then add a bunch yeah. of other stuff to it. And you know, it'll, it'll still yeah. be able to And that's stand. not to say that like, to me, like to me, like right to it, just to reference it again, probably not that way. Like probably hard to sit at a piano and play right to it, but it's like, it's still a wonderful, great song. And that's just the testament to how, how wonderful and diverse music is. Yeah, I was going to say about you as well. I think that your one of your strengths in particular is being able to so, sort of boil something down to its finest parts. Like you're you have a really good ear for being like, OK, I hear all your all the stuff you're doing, but we could probably strip all this take stuff a lot back. of it out. And then yeah. suddenly you're like, I think people try to do a lot when you're like, hey, yeah. I think that's a that's really people get strength. insecure. They they like people people think that their their vocal alone isn't enough and they need four synths yeah. and a million harmonies and stuff and a lot of the time i'm like your vocal's enough like it's great well then to go off that for the last question how do you know when to stop Ooh. how do you know that you don't need to tinker anymore or add new effects or or instruments and just let it sit let it lie render it out it's it's done i don't know i've always seen it as that like sort of chipping away at a marble you know, block and like you sort of let the song reveal itself to you. And I feel like at some point you just are like, oh, OK, that's enough. Like, that's it. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Finn? In terms of songwriting, the, the joy is that the structure usually tells you you write a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus and a good bridge. And then, uh, you know, you're done and you kind of know it. And sometimes you'll go back and change a line if it annoys you. But um, in terms of production, I think of it a little bit like um, like scales and like I, I usually work on like counterbalance and uh, sometimes I'll get it to a place where it's, it's, it's holding itself nicely. And I'll be like, what if I add this? And it shifts the whole thing. And I'm like, ah, I can't, let me take that back out. And as long as it's sort of like, it's sort of harmonious. That's what I, that's what I look for. The Phineas finesse. Yeah, that's what that's what we'll yeah. get with hey. guys thanks so much for taking the time phineas congratulations on even more grammys that you recently added to the shelf ash congratulations on the new album ashlyn is out now and the grammys of the future that i'm sure are to follow 
It's true. Yeah, I, I'm so appreciative of y'all taking time to, to have this conversation with me. So, so thank you. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Bye, Finn. Hey, bye, Ash. Nice to meet you, Eric. Take care, guys. All right, that is it for today's episode of the Spout Podcast. Don't forget, we live in full video form on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget, you can listen wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, at Spout underscore podcast on all of these socials. Don't forget, we drop a brand new episode every single week. My name is Eric Zachary, and I'll see you next time. Next time. See the full conversation at Spout Podcast on YouTube. Follow us at Spout underscore podcast on IG and Twitter. Plus now, Spout Podcast on Clubhouse. Next week, D-Nice spouts off. You know, I started out as a DJ back in the day, but I was more of a show DJ, not really party rocker. Show DJ with KRS and DJ Scott LaRock, who taught me how to play. Um, And then I went to rapping. And then, you know, I, I didn't stop rapping because I wanted to stop rapping. I stopped rapping because the record company didn't believe in in who I was, you know, and that was a very hard thing for me to be shelved. Be sure to listen to the next Spout Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Spout Podcast is presented by Alpha Media, produced by Gorilla Sound, and created by Phil Becker. Spout. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.